All right, we are back. And let me check one thing, one thing, man, I don't know how it happens. Let me see where this mic is. Turned on, communication mic jack, nope. I think we got the right mic jack, the right mic, let's see. Well, let's see, test one, two. I'm not hearing any echo. Test one, two, three, is that any different right there? Hello, okay. No. We're gonna go with that, I don't know. The mixer says it's, I mean, hey. Oh, probably something wrong. I don't know. Okay. Hey, hey, guys. This is Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about uh, ham radio, amateur radio, shortwave, electronics, and all that kind of good stuff, man. We we welcome you tonight if you're with us, especially if you're out there on uh, listening on shortwave on WBCQ on 7490 kilohertz. Man, we welcome you. We're coming to you from uh, uh, Monticello, Maine. Uh, up there, right on the Canadian border, 50,000 watts, a little low power station, 50,000 watts, but on shortwave on 7490, uh, we are heard in a number of different countries. Hey, send me uh, send me an, an email, if you will, to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com. Love to hear from you. Tell us where you are and uh, how you're here in the station and, and, and everything. And I would like to invite you. You can join our live video show on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, East uh, Central Time. Just go to w5kub.com. Join our Facebook group. We've got 14,000 members in our Facebook group. Again, w5kub.com. We'll get it. I'll get you in the Facebook group here. And if you will, hit that subscribe button right about, I don't know, right about there. Hit that subscribe button for us. And that will help uh, YouTube to uh, get the word out about our show to other people that are kind of surfing the internet and you know looking for uh, looking for shows about electronics for ham radio. All right, so okay, so got all the announcements I think out of the way. Hey, today is June the sixth. June the sixth, man. And if you look back to 1944. June of 6, 1944 was D-Day, and uh, I, I I knew some people that stormed Normandy Beach, and uh, it's just amazing that they survived it. But uh, that was that was the beginning of the end of uh, World War II, June of 6, 1944. Uh, just uh, just uh, everybody remember that. Okay. Uh, well, I got, a, I got a bunch of things to talk about tonight. I don't know. Uh, hey, Glenn, uh, uh, how, how you doing, Glenn? Oh, we're hanging in there, man. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wait a minute. Let me hide that. There we go. Hey, hey, Glenn. Uh, uh, what do you mean you're hanging in there? Do you, I mean, <laughs> are you doing okay, man? I mean, you, you... oh, I'm doing fine. Uh, the cat's recovering well. Uh, you'll probably hear her. She still has to be caged for another two weeks. And, oh but, no, man! Yeah, but she's she's doing well, um, and uh, just you know, a little bit at a time. But yeah. um, you know, I'm I'm just working my tail off on the new book. I don't want to be late with it. It's due at the end of September, so that's been occupying a lot of my time. That and fortunately, they're letting me work from home, so that I can be here to take care of the cat. So oh, working from yeah. home all this week. What a job! You, you, you're oh. you're you're dependent. You got a cat dependent. Hey, let you work at home, man. That is so cool. Man. Well, she has to be fed and watered every two hours. Is that right? You know, well, it's it's staggered. She gets food, oh, and then 
two hours later, she gets water. And then two more hours later, she gets a small amount of food. It's she had stomach surgery. So you don't want to stretch anything. So it's all small bites. Look, if I was your boss, here's what I've said about that. That's no excuse. You being Mr. Arduino, you should be able to design this little thing that every two hours would pop a little thing of cat food out and a squirt of water. Let me explain how this works. Yeah. Um, if I was not allowed to do this, I'd raise my hand, pull the ejection lever, Uh-oh. and say, I'm retired. So bring it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, you kind of, it's kind of like you're holding the negatives on your boss, right? Well, fortunately, they're really good people to work for, and they're very understanding. And I was already working three days a week from home. So the extra two for two weeks is not a big deal. And I can do, actually, I can do more of my job from home because I have more workspace. I have more computer access. I mean, I've got three computers within an arm's reach of me and one, two, three, four, five monitors within an arm's reach of me. I can put another laptop here and I've got two more monitors and a computer on the other side of the room. But, but. But you only have two hands playing now, you know. That's what the cats are for. Okay. Hey, uh, I still hear, I still hear people in the chat room talking about our microphone. I don't know if our mic is on right. Wrong. Let me turn it off. See if you can According still to Jeff, you sound fine. Hey, I'm a, let, let me let me turn my mic off and say something. Nope, don't hear a thing. I'm uh, I'm I'm coming through the I'm coming through the system. You're, okay, you're fine. All right. Hey, oh 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 oh, gee, man. Uh, man, I got a lot of things to talk about tonight. I mean, and I, I want some help. I want some. I want some precipitation from the group out here. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I need, man. I want some precipitation from our chat room group out here, guys. We've been doing this show for nine years, nine and a half years now. We're almost hitting ten years, and I'm getting a little old to be doing this, you know. And lately, I mean, I get busy, man. I get really, really busy with things around the house here. And it's tiring sometimes. And I'm wondering how long can I keep the show up? So I need some encouragement and I need some help if we're going to keep this show going. Now, maybe I change the format. Maybe on Tuesday nights, I just get on 40 meters over there and I throw the stream up and we talk to people on 40 meters and have a good time and have a party and uh, everybody gets some, you know, a Coca-Cola or a, a 807 or whatever. And, you know, we all have a good time on the air. I don't know what we do. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's the next step here? Um, you know, we are going to uh, Huntsville. We'll be doing a Huntsville ham fest here in a couple months. That's going to be good. Uh, but I need, I need some thoughts about what we can do to have more fun, you know. Uh, I, so one of the things I did to have a lot of fun this past weekend uh, I put down 110, uh, 110 bags of mulch. That's, yeah. That's a few. I put down 110 bags of mulch, and I could have used another 110. But, well, I could have probably used another 310, to tell you the truth, uh, if I wanted to put it in all the flower beds around here. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So I got, a, I got a couple things going here. Oh, oh hey. We got a what is it? Let me put this picture on there. And tonight, tonight is what is it night? Now I'm going to give you a hint. Now let's see. I'm going to give you a hint. Uh, 
There it oh, is. Oh, yeah. There it is. Don't say nothing, Glenn. Don't say nothing. Now, I will give you a hint. This has nothing to do with that thing that buffs the floor. You know that machine, and you go, you know, you go around on the floor and shine it and polish it, wax the floor. This has nothing to do there. So uh, Mark Mark P thinks it's a hard disk platter. Let's let me get it on. Let's let's, let's see what people think it is there. Uh, it could be a big grinding wheel for a grinder. You know those things cut steel. You know put it on that. That, it, that. It's a it's a big asphalt cutter that they use to cut the trenches in the the road yeah, for yeah. laying the the wires for the traffic sensors and stuff. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, this goes back to like nineteen early nineteen sixties. Uh, yep. anybody, anybody in the chat room, it, it is it is a hard, it, it is a disc, okay? Actually, it's probably closer to early 70s. Really? Okay. And the reason I know this is because I worked on the 14-inch version of those. Okay. Does anybody, can anybody, can anybody in the chat room tell me, let's see if I can do this. Let's see if I can, no, that's not working. Let's see. Oh, hide on stream, hide on stream, hide on stream. I'm trying to do some, what's going on here? Oh, I know what's going on. Bam, let me do that. And let me do this. Bam, like that. And let me do this. There we go. Hey, can anybody tell me how many megabytes that that is? Megabytes right there, man. Need to know how many megabytes. Oh, well, uh, Clifton nope. says 16. That's not quite right. You're a little close. bit high. Five, uh, that's not quite right, but you guys are kind of getting in the ballpark there. Actually, yeah. depending on the version, it could be five, but not that one. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen that picture. Yeah. Well, I'm told, that this is before my time, see, but I'm told that was a 10 megabyte disk. That would be about right. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, they, they use them in that size from 2.5 to 10. Yeah. Um, wow. yeah. Um, and you stop and think today, um, you know, 10 megabytes that wouldn't even hold one picture. It won't hold an email no. with an attachment. No, it, it won't, is literally man. that, you know, your one picture would fill that entire disc drive. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 man, uh, you know, I, I cleaned out my desk drawer this week, and I've got like 50 thumb drives, and I'm looking at them. Some of them are pretty old, and um, some of them are very big, you know, 250 megs, uh, you know, I mean, uh, maybe even smaller than that. I don't know, man. You I'll know. take them all. Wait. Well, you know, yeah. uh, I, I I took some pictures off Kathy's old phone. She was trying to get them off. She had, I think it was eight gigs of pictures on an old phone that I needed to get off. You know what I did? I just put them on a, uh, I copied them to an SD card. I had a 64 yeah. gig SD card. I mean, I just copied them to that, man. That that worked out better. Pretty much, yeah. But yeah. no, I, I have occasions where I give away a thumb drive with like a copy of my presentation on it. So I'm always... Uh -huh needing a couple spares so i'll take your whole heap and what i don't need i'll find a home for or throw them out myself well i guess your presentation probably didn't require too much does it it's about oh what Maybe 60 cheap. 70 meg with all the yeah, pictures and yeah. stuff yeah not bad at all yeah yeah you but could, uh, you know um you like can, you can, let's see 
Like at Dayton, I gave a copy away to to a couple of folks at ARRL. Yeah. Uh, well. One one to Dave Minster so he could see, you know, what I was doing. All right. Well, you know, I need to get the old floppy back out, you know, and <laughs> put some stuff on the old floppy drive here. You know, again, there was there were days, you know, when when we when I first worked on my the you know used my first floppy drive, it was a eight inch uh, drive with like two hundred and fifty six k of storage, and when the one point four four meg three inch drives came out, I thought this is the cat's meow. This is this is more than we'll ever need, you know. And you well, know the, I, yeah, I, didn't I got a anything. 1.6 gig hard drive, and I thought I was king of the hill. I didn't have anything in nice, man. I had a Vic 20, you know, with 8, 8K of memory in it, and I had a uh, cassette recorder yep. uh, to, to record the uh, uh, for my what for my 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 memory cassette recorder. I don't even remember what it would do. Well, it uh, um, it they um, used uh, various encoding. One was Manchester, but they would actually store yeah. your programs on the cassette, and you would load uh, your, yeah. your computer's RAM from the cassette because we didn't have storage like hard drives and floppies back then. Yeah. Hey, I need to get that out of the attic. Uh, I bought a card that plugs in the back. You know that Vic Twenty had a big slot in the back, and yep. I, I bought a card. It was called an Air One. And the Air One copies copies and sends Morse code, man. That, yeah. Wouldn't that look good on my desk square? A Vic Twenty there with that seventy six ten sitting right there, man. You know, I, I I have to give me an old TV set though to hook it up to, I guess. Yep. The very first um, article that I ever got published was in nineteen seventy nine in the old Kilobaud magazine. It was a radio teletype interface. Mm -hmm. uh, to one of my to a video display unit so that you could send and receive radio teletype on a a terminal rather than a a big clunky machine, and um, that was all written to run on. And the uh, ASCII to auto conversion was all done in the RCA eighteen o two CPU, little itty bitty microprocessor from nineteen seventy seven era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, so that was that was how I got started in this way back when. And you're probably still using some of that. Actually, believe it or not, in my last book, I in the Ritty Reader, I actually went back to that similar technology yeah. using modern versions of those parts. But yeah, um, I again I did the ASCII to auto conversion. Um, using a UART and an Arduino uh, and, but they're modern parts now, not the original 40 pin monster chips that we had back then. But All yeah. right. So, so hey, how, how's, are, are you ever going to finish your book? Which one? I don't know. I guess the latest one. The latest one was turned into a in January and it's sitting oh, in the really? editing queue right now. Uh, I met my, I talked I met my new editor at uh, Dayton uh, had a great time with him and uh, we talked about it but it is still you know they've just got other things to edit like the handbook and stuff like that yeah. uh, they're hopefully I talked to Dave Minster about it and everything's you know it's in the queue it'll get done 
Uh, I'm thinking the target, they didn't give me a hard date, but the target I'm thinking now is going to be fall of this year. Um, but that one is called the best of Arduino for ham radio. And it's the best projects from the first three books. And now um, I'm working on a book for Elector over in Europe. They're a big DIY uh, maker type publisher over there. And mm-hmm. I'm doing a book for them. And that one has a deadline of September 30th. Oh, and boy. So that's September, August, September. Are you going to yeah. make it? Are you going to make it before uh, uh, Huntsville? I, you may have to set Huntsville out just to get that no, book. No, I ain't sitting Huntsville out. Uh-uh, yeah. I've already got my reservation at the suites, man. All right. Well, I do too. Well, you know, uh, and I'm doing a forum at Huntsville. The the key is I'm not sure which forum I'm going to do. I can either do the one that I did at Dayton, or uh, I'm working on putting together a new one. Um, and I really want to do the new one. I love debuting my new stuff at Huntsville. They're just fun folks. Um, the new one, I'm looking at doing a how to build uh, projects with the Arduino microcontrollers, the various construction techniques, the modules, the technologies, um, the enclosures, how you know, rather than just saying, here's a, a bag full of car parts, go build it or wire it on a breadboard. Here's how you can use this to build your own really cool projects. So that's probably going to be the target for that forum. Well, good. Hey, you know, field day is coming up here in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Are you going out on field day? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I have a commitment on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I may run by the field day site it all depends at that point, you know, that's something that this year I'm probably going to set aside in favor of working on the book at this point. I'll, we'll probably, I'll probably go to the one here in Memphis. Uh, I think three different clubs get together and they have, mm-hmm. you know, one here in Memphis and uh, I'll probably go to it. Uh, maybe just one day. It's been, I won't, I won't do any operating. I'll try to take some pictures and things like that. Now, Hey, let me say this to everybody out there. Field day is coming up. That's uh, June 24th and 25th. I guess that's field days, right? Well, yeah, it's 24 hours, Saturday to Sunday. Field days, kind of like 73. Well, it's field day because it's 24 hours, but it straddles two calendar days. All right. Well, that's kind of Here we go. We're going to have this debate, are we? It sounds like 73s to me. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. You know, it's field day. That is the official designation. It straddles a 24 hour period. Uh, I'm not sure. That's my take on it. All right. Well, look. <laughs> so anyway, we can, uh, we might go out there for a while, take some pictures and so forth. What I was going to say to everybody, what I was going to say to everybody out there is if you will help me, to get some field day uh, segments on the show. So the the, the uh, Tuesday after field day, we, we normally try to make it about field day. And I would love to have your club to uh, have some video of your club. If you could take a phone and just walk around maybe to the major spots in your field day, you know, the, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? The, um, What's the, what's the radio, the guest radio? What do you call it? Uh, oh, the go-to station. Get go on the station. air. The station. Station. You know, the go-to station, the 20-meter station, the CW station. Don't forget, go by, show us the food. Get all that on video. 
try to keep it down to maybe five minutes or something like that. And then, and then get it to me, and we will show that on the show. And we will also bring, if you want to, we'll bring you on a show to talk about it. And you can, you know, you can uh, narrate the video, or we will talk about how pill they was. So I really need you guys to step up here. And if you will, get us some video of field day, and we will uh, we'll definitely make it a field day show uh, the Tuesday after field days. Yeah, okay. All right. So don't forget. Don't forget. That's that's the plan, Dan, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, all right. Hey, Glenn, you don't have any hams in your local area. You know where they live. Um. I don't if know exactly drew, where they live, but there are a number of hams near yeah. me. So if you drew a circle, say one mile from your house, how many hams do you think would be in there? I'd say one, me. One? Okay, let's do something. I want to try something here. I'm going to see if you're right or wrong, uh, if I can figure out how to work now, this. Now, if you go to five miles, I'm going to say you're probably about five or six. All right, hang on, hang on. Let me see. Uh, uh, let me find what I'm trying to click on here. Come on, come on. My computer's a little slow. It must be your your stuff causing to. Well, you know they crack the encryption key for Windows XP, so I think we all need to back our computers down to XP. Oh really? What what's the crack give you? Um, remember when you had you know when you install Windows, you have to give it that that code. Oh okay, okay. Oh, they finally cracked the algorithm, yeah. so now you can generate your own key codes. Officially. All right, let's do this, Lynn. Let's see how many people are live around you. You said you think one person. So let's do this. Give me your zip code. I'm gonna put it in here. Three eight six seven one. All right. Three, that's a four. I got a backspace. Well, what's a call sign? You can eight, use a call sign. Wait a minute. Don't want to use a call sign. I want to do zip code. And three, eight, what was it? Six, seven, one. Six, seven, one. You, let's see how many people are near you. All right, here we go. Here we go. Hocus pocus. Show us how many people are near Glenn. Glenn thinks only one person. Come on, come on. What's wrong with this thing? Why is it taking so long? Did it pop up a tab or? No. Not yet. Maybe I got to click it again. There we go. It says processing. What? Oh, I'm not seeing that pop up. Three, 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 eight, six, seven, one. Uh-huh. I'm going to put mine in here. Uh, three eight oh one seven, and what's going on here? Well, for some reason, it's not working. All right, so, hold okay, on. I, I, can, I can do it from here. Hang on. I, can you do it from there? Uh, you you got the edge the address? I'm, I'm, just don't change the screen, and I'll I'll type I'll type the address. You'll type the oh, you can see it there. I can I can see the URL. Yeah, haminfo.etranz.com/slash/map. Yeah. 
All right, and I'll take my screen off and give you full screen here. Well, you're probably gonna have what? to. Hang on, hang on. Let me let me get let me let me see if I can get it to call up first. Okay, did it work for you? Just getting there. Yes, it did. Actually, I think you need to take your screen and extend it down. Extend it down. Yeah, go to your screen. Yeah. Because the map comes below. Oh. Oh, there it is. My goodness. So now pop, pop your screen back uh, up. Yeah, yeah, it does. Let me put you back in here, Glenn. Uh, you were uh, three what? 38671. Six, seven, one. Let's see how many people. No wonder it was working every time. It was just below. Okay, here we go. Let's look for Glenn here. Oh, look at that. Look at that. You got to go left. Well, yeah, there I am. Where are you? Scroll, move, pull it about two inches to the right. Right there. There's a bunch of people around you. Yeah, but, you know, take it a mile. I don't know how much a mile is. I don't know where you are, so. Well, let me let me see if they they don't have a yeah a can, legend on this map. Yeah, but you you can see the number of hams there. Now I want to show you something. Now look at mine. This That's is what well, actually I take it back. If you yeah. look at my address and go to the right to the highway fifty one, that's about seven tenths of a mile. So you can draw a circle. So that's going to say there are five hams. Okay. Within a mile right, of right, me, right. probably. Let's uh, let me check check out around me. Now I know hardly no hams here. Uh, three eight oh one seven because I'm kind of a loner here. Okay, let's see how many are in my area here. Look at that! Look at that! It's almost unbelievable, man. Yeah, but now where are you? Well, I'll show you. I am right, uh, let's see. I thought it would be centered. Let's see. Okay, okay, okay. Well, it's centered on the zip code, yeah, not yeah, on the call yeah, sign. It's centered on zip code. Let me uh, just back it out a little bit so I can see some streets here. Okay. I'm in Echo Mike 55 DB right here. Well, let me zoom back in. I'll see some there streets. There you are. Here. Hold on. You see me? Yeah, move left and you see Fairway Glen. Right Fairway, there. right there. There's the KUB. Yeah, I'm right there. So, so there's a lot of people here, man. Yeah, but that's the whole grid. You need to zoom in. All right, let me zoom in. Let me zoom to in. A, to Bam. a realistic. Bippity boppity boom. Bippity boppity boom. Yeah, it looks there like I you am. got there about five. There. There I, there I am five right within there. a mile of you. There I am right there. Yeah. In a mile. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That might be a mile right there. I don't know. Let's see. It's hard to there's say. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot. I wish of they hams. had the legend on that map. Yeah, there's a lot of hams there. So guys, uh, hey, uh, if you can see the, uh, you know, if you want to look up and see who's in, you can put your call letters in there. You can put zip code in. It's just kind of interesting to to see how many how many hams live around you there. I don't know if they're active or not, but uh, that would be uh, that'd be something to look at there. Okay, uh, NFQ wants me to check his zip code. Let me check his zip code real quick. 15235. 15235. Okay. I'm going to check him out and see what what he shows right there. Here we go. Bippity boppity boom. Dud the magic. 
quite a few, quite a few in the area there. Hey, if you need some antenna work, you ought to be able to find plenty of volunteers there. Plenty. All right. Well, anyway. Hey, thanks for showing me that, Glenn. It it, it was down at the bottom of the page there. Uh, okay. All right. You know, hey, uh, I get I get notes every now and then. People ask me, you know, hey, how's the best way to run your coax in and out, in, in your shack out to the antenna? And I say, well, I don't know if there's a a single best way to do it. Uh, you know, everybody has different circumstances and and different uh, ways to get that coax out of their uh, ham shack. Uh, you know, some people buy these long. Uh, uh, I call them these long barrel connectors. Barrel connector, what you know, like a PL two fifty nine is screwing both ends of it. What do you call yeah. it? SO239. Well, it's, it's a it's a barrel SO two thirty nine barrel, but it's also called a uh, pass through. Okay, I've seen some. Those. I've seen some. You know, twelve and fifteen inches long. That's People exactly. buy them, and put, put them through the walls. I didn't particularly want to do that. Um, yeah, now that's what yeah, I've done yeah. here. It all I've depends, got... you know. It it it, it depends. Uh, MFJ makes this little board that fits in your window. Uh -huh. The window comes down on it, and it has the connectors in that board. Very easy to make your own if you want to. Uh, some people, you know, can come in uh, through a basement and up through the floor right there at your shack. Uh, I, I I shot a little video today, a three or four minute video. I show you what I do. Uh, I actually cut a hole through my brick uh, in my wall here. That's what I did. Is yeah. I. Uh... Uh, cut out a, a section of brick, which was absolutely painful, by the way, because the concrete had, you know, it's aged concrete and it's like, yeah. you know, it's almost as hard as the brick. But I mean, I finally got a got two bricks out and laid well, a board in there and I've got, shoot, I think I've you. got like seven or eight, 10 pass throughs. I tell you, oh, bricks, bricks are hard to put a hole through. You can you can go through the mortar really easy, but you can't uh -huh. hardly go through a brick, man. This mortar is so old, it's almost as hard as the bricks. Oh, really? Yeah. So it I'm took a, forever I'm, I'm to a, get uh, enough. But I've got like 10 pass-throughs. I've got something like seven runs of uh, LMR 400 to the antennas. Yeah. But I've got so much metal in the air, it's crazy. I'm running, uh, I got four runs of LMR going out to my, uh, my antenna yeah. farm out there. I thought about doing a coax switch, but I'm like, no, I really like the separate runs because, yeah. you know, I'm listening on the local two meter repeaters, particularly for the weather nets when stuff gets bad. I've got the satellite, I've got the HF, I've got the cobweb, I've got the six meter and another set of two meter and 440 beams at the top, you know, so then I got a a 2040 dipole out there then i have a an all-band vertical out well, there well i well. got you know i ran i ran four runs out there now one of the runs i've got a seven position switch on it out there so you know that gives me seven different antennas plus uh the three others that are direct so the uh, lmr 400 i had actually i had a uh well uh, it's 132 feet out there so I, i've got four runs that's almost 500 feet and um, uh, of course, in my old job, uh, uh, we had companies that would put in uh, VSAT or satellite dishes for us around the world. And uh, uh, they actually uh, uh, left me with a 
wooden spool. I think it had about 500 feet of LMR 400 on it. So wow, it worked nice. out. It worked out pretty good for me. I'll show you what I did here. I just, you know, hey, if you want to cut a hole through the brick, do it, man. I mean, you can always patch it up if you move or something. Exactly. Let me show you what. Let me show you what we got going here. I'll show you how I get to my antennas. Nothing. Uh, it's nothing. Uh, you know, just great. But uh, my uh, my shack is in the front of the house. The front uh south it's on the west side southwest corner here we go okay a lot of people have asked me how do i run my coax cables out of my ham shack well there's a lot of different ways to do it uh my ham shack is on the front corner of the house i'll show you what i did we come around to the side here So basically, my uh, my desk sits behind this wall right here, and uh, I cut me a hole through the brick right here, put me an LB there, and some two and a half inch conduit that comes down, and that's what I run my coax to through. Uh, I've got four runs of LMR 400 in there, and I've got uh, two. Uh, Cat5 Ethernet cables in there that I can use for various things like voltage to relays and so forth. I've got that actually buried here. Doesn't have to be very, very, very deep. I didn't put a lot of work into it when I when I installed it. You can see right there, it, it's showing there. I need to put some mulch here in the flower bed. But uh, my... Uh, my antenna farm is 132 feet uh, from my from my um, operating disk. So one of the things I had to do when I ran that conduit back here, I actually had to cut out the concrete. You can see you can see the uh, you can see the conduit right there. So I had to cut out the concrete here in the sidewalk about 15 feet um, to cross that. That was probably the most difficult job. And then, of course, it's buried. It's buried. And uh, I stop right here with another LB because it makes a real sharp turn right here. Uh, you can't pull that coax through a turn like that. So this LB box allows me to pull the coax, to pull the coax through it and out and then feed it back in. And then feed it across there. So we go under that flower bed, and way over there, you'll see some uh, plastic boxes. And that's what I use to waterproof my antenna system or my antenna connections with. So let's walk over there. And uh, you can see that's about center center of the yard. I've got a lot of trees, a lot of trees all over my yard here and uh they're good for holding up dipoles and vertical antennas and so forth so uh, again we had to come under this uh the sidewalk here and under the grass here and we came over to the this is our distribution point right here for all of our antennas 
our, our four runs of LMR uh, 400 come up under there. My Ethernet cables come up under there. I've got a uh, uh, MFJ uh, 1.5 kilowatt auto tuner under that box. That's just to keep it kind of out of the rain. And also have a homebrew uh, LC network in here that tunes uh, an antenna. And uh, so this little wire right here, it goes up and hangs hangs under a tree limb. You're not gonna be able to see it, but it goes up and hangs under a tree limb. And uh, it is a five-eighths wave on 40 meters, a five-eighths wave on 40 meters. So we had to build a little matching device and it's, it's in there. Now I've got buried radios. I got a lot of buried radios here in the ground that run various directions all out in the yard. Uh, some of them are, you know, 130 feet long. Uh, some of them are, you know, 20 feet long, 17 feet long, different, different length radios. Uh, but uh, I've got ground rods in here and then coax connectors across uh, a plate that's across the ground rods. And um, they're all grounded. So uh, an antenna may come down, a coax may come down and go in there and screw onto a connector. And then there's their first, our first ground is right there. Uh, so we've got both coax going in and we've got open line going in. And uh, that open line, by the way, goes up about 90 feet in the air. Not be able to see it, but it goes up about 90 feet in the air to a extended double zip. That extended double zip is uh, 172 feet long for 40 meters. Uh, my lot is 150 feet wide, so I dropped the ends about 15 feet on both ends. So that's that's quite a large tree there. It's really, 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 really tall. And uh, that first limb out there, that first limb right there is about 80 feet in the air. And uh, I don't know if you can see. You might actually see the wire. I don't know where it comes down. Let's see. Oh, I can't see it. The sun is a little bright out here. I can't see it. Okay. But anyway, again, I've got uh, buried radials uh, all through the yard out here. Different directions. I've got one that actually follows the conduit all the way back to the, uh, to the room, uh, the ham shack which is over about 132 feet long. So, uh, this is where my antenna farm is. I've also got, uh, as we've talked about on uh, the show, I also have some uh, satellite antennas up right here on my little flat roof over my, over my porch. The little flat roof here, which is a neat little place to mount them. And you can see you can see the M square antennas. Thank you. And that's courtesy of uh, uh, Rick uh, WA4NVM. Uh, it's got the Yezu uh, satellite tracking rotors on there, which will, with the uh, SAT system I have, it will actually follow a satellite automatically. And I don't have to do anything except talk. All right. So <clears throat> that.
that basically is how I get out to my antenna farm. And the satellite antennas are actually, uh, the, the, the coax comes in a different way. It actually goes under the soffit of the roof back there, goes through the attic, and it drops down the wall. Uh, drops down the wall right here uh, in the ham shack, and uh, um, that's how we connect our satellite antennas. So, hey, everybody is different. Uh, I, man, I need to do some work out there. I've got a lot of antennas out there, uh, 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 inverted Vs, dipoles for various bands. I like resonant antennas. I've got uh, several vertical antennas, the extended double zip out there. The problem I've got, Glenn, is I don't do much maintenance on them, and they've been out here for a long time. And let me tell you, I think the rope, I've got some of this good rope made for the antennas, and it doesn't rot. I forget what it's made out of, but uh, I think it has grown in the trees. So I've I tugged on it the other day, and it doesn't really tug on the wire. So it's probably grown in the trees up here. So I don't know what's going to happen. We'll uh, we'll uh, have to see. But that's kind of uh, kind of where we are with the uh, with the antenna farm here. It's behind the house, and the nice thing about it is the wire antennas blend in so well with the tree limbs and everything up here. You can't see them. I mean, I can go out in the backyard and try to check and see if I've got a broken wire or something. I can't even look up here and follow the wires because they're just not very visible. And uh, people walking up and down the street don't even know I've got antennas out there. I used to have a tower up, 80 feet of tower, tri-banders, uh, uh, two meters on it, uh, all kinds of stuff. I had a uh, microwave dish on there, all kinds of stuff. And um, I just decided not to put it back up. I had it for like 40, probably 40 years or longer. And uh, I just decided not to put it back up, particularly when I moved. And uh, I like the stealth antennas. They work just as good. Okay, well, Glenn, have you got you got some antennas you got to work on, don't you? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you not talking, Glenn? It's Glenn because it's on my end. I muted it because the ah. cat's making noise. Okay. Um, yeah, my cobweb got torn up in the winter from all the ice storms and stuff, and I've got to get up there and rehang all the wires. I've got the wire. I've got you know everything ready to go. Just don't have time. All my other antennas are up and just fine. Uh, had to take down my uh, Gap Challenger uh, vertical. That's an 80 through 10, actually 80 through 6 meter vertical because uh, a couple of the joints and connectors got dirty and needed to be cleaned. And uh, so it's it's back up. But, uh, you know, I've got a, uh, a what is it? Uh, a 20 through 10 meter beam with the work bands on it um, that I'm really, really loving. You know, it's on a 40 foot tower and then I've got a six meter beam. Actually it's the MFJ six meter, two meter and 440 beam on one, one wow. assembly That's uh, nice. at yeah. the top of the tower. And then I've got a, a two meter 440 vertical above that. And uh, so uh, and then I've got a 2040 dipole that's strung along parallel to the roof. And I want to replace that with an end fed uh, to go all bands with that. I saw what I wanted in Orlando and I'd hoped they'd be at Dayton and they weren't. So uh, I'm either going to have to order it from them online or uh, hopefully they'll be at Huntsville or catch them in Orlando next year, depending on 
how how my schedule works because right now um the 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 tight deadline on this next book is preventing me from doing a whole lot my friend and i Mm. worked on my deck this past weekend uh i'm expanding um my deck about another 300 square feet um to take it right to the edge of the the property line we we backed off from that um just out of safety and caution and the neighbor said take it right to the fence line so uh, yeah. that's going to give me another 300 square feet of deck to to chill out on so we've been doing cool. that the past week or so and uh, just house repairs but after that um you know the cobwebs probably going to be the first thing i put together just before winter hits um unless i can get some time before it all depends on on you know the book and and the thing is when you do a book you you know i have this wonderful outline thing that i do on a spreadsheet and i keep track of everything that i'm doing my notes uh the projects the chapters this is all thought out before i even start on the book and you can see i've got my notes scattered throughout this thing and um I just use that as a checklist and you can see the, the colored in areas are the parts that are complete. Now this is actually an older uh, version. I've got an, an updated one, but this is the contents of the book item by item. And um, you know, you, you just don't know how long each piece is going to take you. So when you're working on a deadline and in this case uh, it was a deliberately tight deadline that I set because uh, I want to get uh, the Arduino stuff into the European market as soon as I can. Uh, because yeah. you know, yeah. AWRL has some penetration over there through the uh, the Radio Society of Great Britain, RSGB and, and whatnot. But Elector is a big maker DIY group and they want me to do their Arduino for ham radio stuff. And so I'm viewing that as a great way to get into the European market, which is going to lead to me possibly getting an all expense paid trip to Friedrichshafen or one of the other big over in Europe. That's the deal. So we want to get this out in time for the Christmas market. Yeah. Okay. Well, good good luck there. And so that's why I don't have time to do anything else. But like I told everybody at AWRL, once I finish that book, uh, it's going to be a year or two of tinkering, research, and playing before I even start on the next book. Now, that being said, uh, I did have some nice productive talks with AWRL, and the current philosophy is they want a minimum of three more books. Oh, boy. Uh, on the Arduino type subject mainly hey 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 can you have chat uh, gpt write them for you uh that's actually something i want to play with because um hey, i have hey, actually hey. seen chat gpt used to write arduino sketches hey, so hey yes. it might hey Glenn, let me tell you it might can write a book in like about like five minutes man you can well, be, you, you know can be, you could be knocking books out you can knock out five or ten books a day man exactly people yeah. have actually used it to uh, write their thesis to pack their uh, to pass the bar. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, 
Um, it is truly, and I have seen it used to write an Arduino sketch. The one it wrote wasn't quite fully functional, but it was darn close. So Ooh, it's only going to get better. So yeah, you could do it. I'm old school. I like doing it myself. That's half the fun of this. All um, right. You know, so, Man. but yeah. But so that's, that's kind of the current strategy and philosophy. And that's why I'm, I didn't take a break after this last book like I normally do because I want to get this book out, hopefully in time for Christmas. All right. Hey, at some point, man, you need to take a break and have some fun. Uh, That's okay. the plan right hey, after this one. We're going to take a 60-second break, but when we come back, when we come back, I want to talk about this and find out what's wrong with this. I don't think anything's wrong with this, to tell you the truth. I mean, to me, I don't see anything wrong with it. Do you? Yeah, I actually, I do. On the well, far left, you've got two open sockets. Oh, they're not being used, huh? That's correct, yeah. The only thing here I, I see that might not be quite right is the ground pin is not in a couple of the sockets, but... No, I, I, they're, they're I, close I, coupled. I wouldn't worry about it. Let me tell you. you I got I, enough I, ground hey, pins. Hey, hey I'm gonna, I know I'm going to get some bad press for this, but I honestly don't think that is too bad. And I, we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a minute when we come back, because I'm going to show you a couple of mine here at, in the studio. They look just like that. All right, so we'll be back in just a second, guys. Don't, don't go away. We're going to have some fun here in a minute, man. Got cabin fever? Look no further. Spring is in the air, and ICOM has just what you're looking for. We have top quality base stations, mobiles, and handhelds that are perfect for working your favorite bands. ICOM's newest amateur FM transceiver is the IC V3500. With a compact body and simple interface, this radio is a must for those looking for a long-range mobile with a fresh look. The ICT-10 is a rugged portable that meets or exceeds standard military testing. With an IP67 waterproof rating, the ICT-10 can withstand any field activities ahead. Hear transmissions and listen to FM broadcasts with the loud 1500 milliwatt speaker. The IC7300 is a high-performance innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various transceiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changes the way entry-level ATF is designed. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. All right, I think we are back. Now, hey, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm going to show you something. I want to show you something right here. Let me see if I can. Let me bring a picture or two up here. Yeah, real uh, quick, Tom. Um, yeah. There's a gentleman in our chat room, Trippy, AC8S. I, I see, I see um, Trippy here. I, I saw yeah. it. We'll, we'll try to open, open uh, the line for him. Yeah, he's a yeah. blind antenna builder, and he does it yeah. without soldering. So I think that's, that's really cool. So, Trippy, yeah. yeah, we'll try to get you in here in a minute or two. All right, so let's see. Let me do this real quick here, uh, if I can find the right mouse. See, Glenn, I've, I've reduced with the new state setup here. I've reduced from five mouses down to three mouses or mice or whatever. Okay, let's see. Let me move that guy over there like that. There we go. Now, there we go. Then I can get a little bit better picture. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Tell you what, we're just going to go with that. Actually, when here. you count the number of chords, he's got three. Yeah. yeah. Five, six, seven. He's got eight. By my count. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, here. And that's that, what I'm I mean, about. we get those eight way. Yeah. Power adapters. So, and yeah, I mean, sure. I'll be honest on my floor here, I yeah. have some of the four foot long power strips. I've got four of them running along my wall. Each strip is powered from an outlet on my UPS on the floor. So I'm probably about four times All right. the wiring he's running. So look, here in the studio, I, I want to just, uh, you know, guys, you're looking at the backside of the studio here. Now, see all those wires right there? Now, I have good wire management. And uh, about every three days, I take all those wires and I, I, I sort them out and they're bound up and they look really nice and clean. But on the fourth day, they look like that. Now, I don't know how that happens, but that's what happens. Now, let me show you the power. You, you can't see the power. I, I don't have enough power for the thing. Let me show you a power connection here. Okay, there's one there. I, you really can't see much, but... I've got a bunch of three ways in there. Uh, you can't see much there. And then let's see. There's another one. There's another one over there. It looks like I got three or four three ways in there, and probably power strips plugged into it. So here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking, man. Let me hide that. So, um. You know, Glenn, a, a a a receptacle on a wall is rated for somewhere around eighteen hundred watts. You know, it's a fifteen amp fifteen amp circuit. Right. So, you know, at one hundred twenty volts, I don't know. That's probably eighteen hundred eighty watts or something. I don't know. Do the math. I don't know. But eighteen hundred watts. Now, probably if the building inspector came by, he would look at that and write me a ticket and say, you know, you got to fix that. But I don't agree with that. As long as the connections are nice and clean and solid, I should be able to plug 20 things in that one receptacle. 20. Well, it's not the number. It That's is right. it's it, the current draw. Like you say, exactly. it's 1,800 watts, but you really don't want a 15-amp circuit running at 15 amps continuously. Well, you, 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 you it's know. rated at that, but you really don't want to do that. Yeah. For instance, for instance, uh, uh, one of the, you know, the, the, the a cell phone charger is plugged in there, you know, five volts at one amp. What's that? That's, that's five watts. That's five watts. If I plug 20 of those in, man, 20 times five, I'm running what? A hundred watts? Yeah. Yeah. I'm running, watts. I'm running a 1500 watt UPS on my floor here that's powering yeah. everything on this desk. Um, it's yep. not a big deal. The laser printers are separate. They're on a separate circuit because, yeah, they will overdraw it. But everything else, I'm running a laptop, four monitors, the, the rigs, the power supplies, the antenna rotators, three computers, essentially. And I'm not even running over 800 watts. 
Exactly, exactly. So, you know, when you look at that, it looks bad from what we're taught. But if you do the math and you see what your load really is, and you're a long ways from overloading it. Yeah. Now, as far as that being really a good way to do it, no. The guy should invest in an eight-way power strip and do it the right way because of the grounding. That grounding could be a concern with certain devices. You know, that's why you've got yeah. that third wire. But, well, uh, but, but, but that's what an alligator clip's for. <laughs> technically, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, from an electrical standpoint, yes. From an aesthetics and a true safety standpoint, I'm going to go with no. Not when you can put an eight-way single power strip with an MOV and protection and everything on it and get the grounding set right. It'd be much cleaner and neater, but that will work. Hey, man, I, I've seen where MOVs are kind of dangerous to have, man. Well, you could pop them in a heartbeat, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. But either well, way, I, I mean, you know, if, if he's only running eight cords, he should make a $3 investment at Dollar Tree and buy an eight-way yeah. power strip and be done with it. All right, so I don't have a problem with that. Now, here's a couple other pictures. I I would say might might be an issue, Okay. Let me let me get these out here. The the, the upcoming oh, picture. Those are be... a royal pain in the you what know what. What's that? What's that? Now here we go. Oh now, yeah. Now I'm not sure that's bad. Okay. Because <laughs> look, look, you've got a main breaker, a 200 amp breaker above that. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I, I guess that might be a little bad. Well, if you think about it, if that's 20. And yeah. it's protecting a 20 circuit and it's popping. That says that that leg is overheating and could be dangerous. Or, or it's saying that that breaker is bad. That is true. Yeah. I, I do. I actually do have a bad breaker out in my yeah. box outside and I had to move to a, a spare because that breaker has been in there for so long. I don't think it can be taken out. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, literally okay. fused to the now, bus. Now, bar. here's a, here's a good deal here. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know if you can see that very well or not, but it looks like it looks like a main. There's a big switch there. That big switch must trip. But look, man, he found enough landscape rocks that he can it, it fixed well, the problem. Well, you know, he's just brought the ground a little closer to it. So that's I don't true. think that's a real problem. That's true. He brought the ground closer. No, so that's not a big now, deal. This is uh, this is the well, you know, the little round connectors. They use this throughout Europe a lot. That's in Europe, and that's that's yeah. just a ham radio connection. That's right. That's that's to plug a ham that's radio exclusively in exclusively for a ham radio. Uh huh. All right. Let's see what we got yeah. here. Oh, oh, this is a good one here. I, well, I the only thing I see wrong with this. He's got a lot of dirt and dust in there. I mean, he, yeah. you need to blow it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's got the, all the same size fuses. And I don't believe that that circuit, you know, he, sh he should have the appropriate uh, value for his fuses there. Uh, he also doesn't have the fuses with the notification. And I'm not going to jump the gun on that if you've got another picture that I'm like, I'm what I'm talking about. Oh, let's see. I don't know if I got another or not. No. Uh, that's a different that's a different 
Sorry. Yeah, no, see, that's that's actually a shock hazard because you've got the extra three inches hanging down there. But it's uh, got an insulated handle. I think he just converted it to a knife switch where he yeah, can turn on one. He needs to use a shorter screwdriver, though. See right there, you can turn one side on and off right there. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's that's pretty cool. I like it right there. Yeah. But uh, now this is a good one right here. You know, well, see, you, that's a good use for all those 10 millimeter sockets that we're always losing. That's right. You put them there. And, you'll never lose them. And I can't keep up the 10 millimeters. I, that's what's no, happened. They, they, they vanish. Yeah. But if you put them there, you always know where they are. And you can just reach in and grab one when you need it. That's right, man. Well, it'd be tough reaching in, you know. Maybe if you wrap a little tape around them, you know, where you can pull them out. That, that would be helpful, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can do that. All right. Well, back, to, right, my, well you, back to my deal right there. You can see. Uh, yeah. It's now, what I was talking about is what Bill said. If you use yeah. uh, bullets, various size bullets in your fuse yeah, box, yeah. you get an audio report when the fuse when it, blows. When it, when it blows. Now, I, I know what you're saying. But I think Mythbusters did that already. <laughs> I think Mythbusters did it. I'm not sure the shell went off. I think they used a 22 shell. Yeah, no, they don't go off. Yeah, under the under the car dash. Uh, I, they may have got it to go off. I think somehow they up up the uh, the power, I mean, the current really high. And I think yeah, they might have. I think they got it high enough that it did go off. Yeah, that was. Uh, that's, but that's uh, now there's right. another picture that I saw today that a gentleman has remoted uh it was a light switch i believe but you could use the same technology for resetting a circuit breaker and he's got a string running in through pvc pipe he's got two lengths of string running yeah. to the switch and he can pull one and it will turn it off and pull the other and it'll turn it on you can use that to reset your breaker when hey, you I, hey back in the 19 early 60s uh, when i was a teenager i had one of those uh they're in my bedroom uh I had an old uh, black and white TV in there, you know, and, you know, it would stay until a test pattern came on at midnight. But then, well, you know, when a test pattern comes on, it's time to turn the TV off and you're sleepy, you're in bed, you don't feel like getting up. So I did that. I ran the string through uh, eyelets over to the bed there and I could actually flip that switch with the strings. And that worked pretty good, man. Worked pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it really is. You know, the, the ingenuity and things that we came up with back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see what else is going on here. Uh, hey, did anybody work um, work the uh, ships on the air, the museum ships on the air? There were a lot of them on this weekend. I was That's wanting right. to work them. I was wanting to see how many of the ships I could work, but instead I had 110 sacks of mulch to put down. I was outside. Was yeah. You know, it's amazing, and I probably ought to post the picture. Um I bought $900 worth of wood this weekend. Yeah. And it looked like I'd bought $50 worth of wood. Well, I was going to say, you must have got 25 or 30 planks for that, you know? I, yeah. I mean, literally, it was about, uh, it was 30 or 24 of one type and, you know, a handful of other, you know, four by fours and things like that. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, 300 square feet of deck cost $900 and that same I did the full size version of that and this is not the boards on top by the way this is just the frame oh yeah and when I did this frame for the rest of that deck which is probably oh call it 700 square feet 
15 years ago, it cost me maybe three or four hundred dollars. It's, well, it's hey, insane. Now, you go out, you go out now and buy a four by four post, you know, eight, eight foot or 12 foot four by four post. You'll, you'll, you'll spend probably 60 bucks for that post. These, these were 16s that oh, I bought. Man. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, it's, it's terrible. Because my house is on a hill and there's yeah. a very, there's about a, uh, I would say a six foot drop over 60 feet uh, yeah. in my backyard. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, I don't know if we have anybody on here from my college town, Russellville, Arkansas, but uh, yeah, I just got word tonight that the Old South burned down last night in Russellville, Arkansas. Oh, Guys, the Old South is, is a historic, it's on the historic uh, register. It's a, it's a uh, restaurant called the Old South. And, you know, I remember, uh, you know, 50-something years ago when I was going to college over there, uh, man, I loved going to the Old South and getting a chicken dressing every Sunday afternoon, man. Oh, man, making me hungry right now. But it oh, burned I could use some barbecue night. right about now. It, it burned last night, man. I don't know if they're going to be able. To, I don't. I don't. Oh, I that's that's kind of like what happened to the. Uh, uh, gosh, what was that place we had on uh, Bullfrog Corner over here? The Conestoga or something like that. Oh man, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that was really cool. Now Bill is talking about in the chat room missing the days of circular screw-in fuses. Guess what, Bill? My front half of my house still uses those. And I also have replacements for emergencies that are actually circuit breaker type, you know, resettable fuses that instead of being the, the metal fuses, they you push the button and it'll reset those. Uh, but actually those fuses have lasted as long as I've been here. And then Andy, to switch subjects on you, he worked yep. uh, only eight of the eight. museum ships. He said the bands were horrible. Yeah. Hey, Talking about the screwing, the screwing fuses here on my operating position, I bought I bought one of those uh, boxes with a knife switch in it, mm -hmm. and it has two screwing fuses on it. You know, for two twenty. You know, I guess you wrap the you would you would fuse both you know L one L two the two hops with the right. two fuses. But I mounted it under my desk here, the knife switch. Put a put a cable plug on it where I can plug it in a wall, and all my radio gear is plugged into that box here. And I use that switch under my my desk. And what I did, I took the neutral and went through, say, the left fuse, and I took the hot and went through the right fuse. So when I when I turn that thing off, I'm disconnecting both the neutral and the uh, the hot lead. Now, the reason I'm doing that is, I mean, you can turn stuff off. But if you leave it plugged in and you get a lightning hit on the power line out there, it's going to come in on your equipment. And with this, yeah. knife, with this knife switch under there, I'm able to, you know, open that thing up where there's a three-inch gap, you know, between the contacts there. And, again, it, it worked out perfect. It's, you know, it's about an eight-inch tall box, knife switch, two fuses, using the, uh, uh, you know, both leads of the, uh, of, of the 120. And, it, and, and hey, it works great. So, well, you know, if you stop and think about it, you know, the difference between your neutral and ground, you know, technically they're tied together back at the fuse box. Right. But over right. that short run to whatever part of your house, 
Uh, if you've got a nearby lightning strike, the induced voltage difference between the ground and that neutral will be significant because you're talking millions of volts in that strike. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it can. Yeah. So it's best to, to isolate both legs. Yep. But hey, that, that works out really well for me. So hey, guys, you might want to think about putting you a disconnect in here for your power. You know, don't just turn mm -hmm. your radio off. Just disconnect it, man. And when I flip that thing down, it turns everything off on the bench right here. Or the, exactly. The, the desk right here. All right, let's see. Hey, some, some new CubeSats are going up. Maybe, maybe, uh, May, uh, May, uh, 5 and Maya 6 are going up. Some new satellites are going up. That's great. And uh, I need to get back on satellite over here. I got my satellite system working now. You saw the antennas earlier tonight. They follow the satellite, and it, they're doing great. And uh, I just hadn't had time there. Um Let's see. Uh... Yeah, Mark uh, in the chat room is yeah. talking about he had to get rid of his screw-in fuses. Mark, I live in Mississippi. If they made us replace them all, there wouldn't be a screw-in fuse or a, oh. a fuse box left in the state, you know, because all of these houses have the screw-in fuses. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, let me make an announcement here real quick since we're moving right along here in the show. Uh, uh, if you're out there listening on International Shortwave, you're, you're listening to Amateur Radio Roundtable, a show about ham radio and electronics and shortwave and satellite and all those kind of good things about communications. And uh, we welcome you. We, we ask if you'd like to join us here and watch the show on Tuesday nights. You can uh, tune in to W5KUB.com on Tuesday nights. And you can uh, you can join us in the show and join us in the chat room right there. Love to have you join our Facebook group. It's just called W5KUB. 14,000 hams in that group now. W5KUB. Uh, uh, please hit the subscribe button right right. Uh oh, hit the subscribe button right there. Right. You got to make yourself there. Yeah, go right there. Hit the subscribe button. It should be right about there. You can do that. Okay. Hit that for us. We'd like you to do that there. And uh, let's see. Um, I got one thing that yeah, came yeah. across my feeds today. They announced the attendance for Dayton this year. I heard that. 33,100 something. Yeah. Um, that's the most they've had in forever, if not an all-time high. It's the most they've had at Xenia. Um. And I do have to say, it felt like the crowd was big, but it never felt overcrowded. Xenia is a really nice venue to handle that number of people. But I was great. You know, I was happy to see it's actually increasing. And 33,000 people is quite a bit for that weekend. Yeah. I guess it's just so spread out or something. I, it, yeah. To me, I didn't see the people, uh, you know, when, I, when we did the webcast. It, it's just it looked, that spread out. Yeah, it is yeah. huge. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I walked it, the entire I'm grounds. Did. I'm glad it. Uh, I'm glad it did. Let's see. Uh, well, you know, I walked the entire grounds, every inch of it, on Saturday or yeah, Friday, yeah. and yeah. I have a little pedometer that I keep in my backpack, and I walked 4.7 miles. So there, it's that, you know, that much area to play with. So yeah, it's it's quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Um, let me do something here real quick. Um, 
Here we go. I'm going to get a link here. It's hard to see. Okay, let's see if I can do this. Yes, if you'd like to come on a show with us here, we I'm opening up a, a link here. All you have to do is click on the link, and uh, uh, it'll ask you to have your turn your camera on and your mic on. But uh, let's see if we can get a few more people on here. And uh, if uh, if Trippy's on here, if he, he wants to connect, I uh, think he left the chat here. room. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see. well. I just saw it, uh, another note there. Uh, from him in the last minute or so. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, but, but he is he left oh, he? also. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he might come back. He's tried it. So three he or may, four he times. may come back. He may come back. Um, and uh, but if anybody else would like to join us, we'd like to have you here tonight just to see how it works. So we're on a different system tonight. You might have noticed that uh, you know the pictures look a little different and the the, the formatting looks a little different and. Uh, uh, you can join us just by clicking on that link here. If you'd like to join us here. So we got probably another 15 minutes or so of the show before we we uh, cancel it here or before we end it. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited, Glenn. I want to do something. I don't want to do something on ham radio. I want to get back on the air or something. I'm, I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of something we could do to maybe do some type web chess, chat room. Uh, well, you need to get live. your satellite stuff going. Yeah, yeah, live, live, uh, uh, maybe a net or something, or just I don't want to call it a net. Uh, net's kind of boring sometimes. Maybe, maybe we just call it like a roundtable where we all just get on and we talk, you know. And hey, roundtable would work really good for roundtable. Yeah, it would. The biggest yeah. issue for me is, you know, I'm just a little too far for us to work ground wave and too yeah. short for us to. To, to get any any kind of propagation so i mean i'm pretty much out of luck i mean we'd be better off running a string between your house and mine all right let's see if we get anybody in here um, so far nobody's i think everybody's shy they're mic shy or something i don't know what the deal is here you know um, hey i used to be i don't know yep and um, it, it was really funny. Years ago, I, I was very Mike shy. Yeah. And uh, then I started showing the cats and got into being a cat show judge. And boy, that sure broke me of that habit real quick. And yeah. then, of course, yeah. now that I do the books in the forum, it's I don't even think about it twice. It's fun. Uh, I have an absolute blast every time I, I do a forum in front of a crowd. And I, I don't even think about oh my gosh, you know, I'm standing in front of a bunch of strangers talking and making a fool of myself. It's like, what the heck? We're all here to have fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hey, Jeff uh, likes the idea of a 40 or 70 foot meter chat during the show. Yeah. You know, uh, just to give you an update on our uh, uh, balloons that are flying, we still have one in the air, W5KUB113 is still flying. It's been up now about 242 days. And that was one uh, that was launched from Antarctica, wasn't no, it? No, no, no. Actually, it was launched from Memphis. And oh, it, okay. Uh, it did it three did three laps around the Earth up here. Then it went down to it south. It did go Antarctica. south. Okay. So it's fly been flying around for about two hundred forty two days. Our 
Our best flight that we know right now is 320 days. Now, I think that one is still flying. I think the transmitter just quit. Yeah. It had had a problem. It had had a problem since day one in transmitting very intermittently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was hoping that any day it might come back on and just give us, hey, give us a report every uh, three or four weeks. You know, that's, that's good enough for me, you know. That way we know it's still going. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it, it, it's gotten so easy. The reason we haven't launched anymore is getting so easy now to put a balloon around the world. Now with the new balloons and everything, hey, you put it together, you throw it up there, you know. And you don't even you don't check it for weeks because it keeps flying, man. It keeps circling yeah. the earth, man. You know, back if, back if, in if the day, shut down. You know, if it doesn't get shut down. No, you know. yeah, but you yeah. know, you'd have to check it hourly to see if it had gone down. Now it's like you say, ah, I'll just check it next week because yeah. it's still going to be there. So if I do something, I want to do something really different. Uh, this one is flying right now. We do have a hundred milliwatt transmitter on it. Most most of the trackers all run around you know ten fifteen milliwatts. This one is running 100 milliwatts. Now, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I think I can get a one watt up there. I really do. Now, I'm Bill, thinking, I think I can get a one watt going up there. So I, I, I want to do something different. Now, hey, listen, 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 listen to me out here. And I've already talked to some people about this. So a one watt transmitter, uh, the, the first four minutes, it sends whisper or whisper data information. The, uh, the 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 next four minutes, the next four minutes, uh, I want to send a beacon, just like Sputnik. You know, every every second or two, I want to go beep, beep, beep. You know, and then send my call letters. Now, it's legal on ten meters to have an unmanned beacon. Okay, that's the only actually that's the only band that. I mean, it has to be from there up ten meters or higher. So you can have an unmanned beacon uh, there. So, so I want to put a beacon, but I'm going to put it on 10 meters. So, we'll transmit whisper on on uh, 20 meters for our position reporting, and then two minutes of every 10, we have the beacon going where we can listen for the beep and we can listen for the call. Now, now we're looking into the the ESP32. It's a nice little processor. And there's some really, really, really small cameras now that will interface to that. Really small, man. We're thinking about trying to get some high-def pictures. Now, one of my friends is working on trying to send a picture live back with the data stream, you know, like through Whisper. But it's only like four baud. So it would take like 100 transmissions just to get a a very low-resolution picture. So I'm thinking, okay. Let's try something different. Let's go. Let's go. Like put an ESP32 up there with a camera, and let's take some high definition pictures. And then I've got these little blasting caps that uh, my balloon buddies that do ballooning professionally sent me. And these little blasting caps actually cut the line, so you could have your fishing line running through this little blasting cap, and and you tell a processor. Uh, wind and it will send a voltage at blasting cap and it'll cut the line and 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 release it. Okay, so I'm thinking we do an ESP32 with a camera, get some very high definition pictures. You know it's going to go across the United States at some point. Now you you don't you don't blasting cap it the first the first you know day. You let it make one complete revolution around and then when it comes around. The next time it hits, and we use geofencing, 
All right, for instance, in Memphis, let's let's draw a box geofencing, say, 100 miles square. And if it crosses that box, then a blasting cap blasts and it drops it in that 100-mile box. Okay, now, so it's going to drop it in 100 miles. You know, 100 miles, I can be there in a car in, like, less than a couple hours. And if we had some search teams together, uh, uh, and we knew what area it's going to drop in, we could plan ahead. Now, the next thing I'm looking at is to get better resolution on the on the uh, on the the latitude and longitude. So I'm looking at some, you know, how you got these uh, these uh, what's the Apple? You know, like Apple Tag. You know, you got you got Apple Tag. Yeah, you there, Glenn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got Apple Tag. I think, it, but that's uh that's Bluetooth, but and then it's short range, but there's some other trackers like that that are very light that use uh, LTE, 4G LTE. It would cost me about $20 a month, but I could put one of those on there and it would even work on the ground. So so we go over, let's say, let's say I'm in a, a recovery zone one, a hundred mile box around me. Let's say my buddy's in recovery zone two. That's a hundred mile square box north of me and so forth. So we put boxes across the United States from north to south. And when it crosses one of those boxes, it's gonna that that blasted cap is gonna cut the line and it's gonna drop it within that hundred mile square. All right. Now it's gonna drop it there. And with that additional tracker, with the four LTE tracker. It's going to send the the location within about three or four foot, and it will work on the ground. And that way, we can send a balloon around the world, get high definition pictures, and we can drop them where we can recover them. What do you think, Glenn? Well, my biggest issue is what you stated at the beginning that you want to run one watt, and it kind of carries through the theme of everything you said, and that's. What kind of power budget are you going to need to A, run the one watt and B, separately run the ESP32 with a camera and to run the, the LTE transmitter and hope that it lands in a position that the solar cells are getting power to drive this? Yeah. Now, some of these little LTE trackers, uh, it states on here that the battery is good for like six to eight months. Okay, but but if you transmit every one minute, of course it it, it you know it probably cuts it down to three months. So, you know, I mean, oh, that's, more, that's what I'm saying. Years. You know, your your power budget is going right. to be a big so, concern. So I, I I don't have to go one watt. I don't have to. But the thing the thing I'm trying I'm designing here and talking about is we're going to know pretty much. Hey, if it didn't cross one of those boxes, let's say it goes across Mexico. It's going to keep going and it'll go to it comes back around again, but it will cross the United States on one of those laps. And when it sure. gets in that geofencing box, we're going to blow the blasting cap. We're going to drop the uh, we're going to drop the uh, payload and we're going to have high depth pictures from up here. Now, at 40,000 feet, uh, you, know, you know, you don't get great pictures like like, you know, we got much better pictures at one hundred and eight thousand. Yeah, those were gorgeous. Those yeah. were absolutely gorgeous. And it, they, they, they weren't great, but it's the first one we ever did. Hey, speaking of 108,000, 
to change the subject just a little bit. Are you familiar with the F4 Phantom? Oh gosh, yes, yeah, one of my oh, favorite yeah. planes. That was that was the airplane when I was in the in the service. That Absolutely. was it. Yeah. Did you know what that thing set a lot of speed records? It also set some altitude records. Did you mm-hmm. know the F4 uh, Phantom hit an altitude of ninety eight? thousand feet that i did not know Ninety-eight thousand feet i saw this on i was watching a documentary documentary on it and ninety-eight thousand. that's space man that, that yeah. f4 was was just about in space that now, was the, there, there's been a lot of newer planes since then so i'm sure that's not much but hey back in the 60s the f4 flew at ninety-eight thousand feet yeah that was actually the first plane that i ever saw the uh the Thunderbirds fly yeah. back in the back in the seventies. They flew the F fours, and you know I'm sorry, but modern planes just do not hold a candle to the power and noise and just the feel of an F four. You know, it's just totally different. Yeah. Well, I lost a roll of film because of an F four. I was overseas. I was on overseas on a bus, and. Uh, one crashed right off right to the right of us and i don't i may have taken a picture i don't know i i i really don't think i took a picture actually the next thing i know the bus was stopped and the uh military police came on and they took the film from everybody's camera and that just really ticked me off man yeah i'd been on a nice trip and i had taken a lot of pictures but uh, I mean, what what could I get on a picture? I was I was a good ways from it. I mean, you know. Yeah, but you know, back, that was back when the F four was in production and and relatively secret. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so parts of it, you don't you don't. Plus, you don't want to publicize one crashing. Well, yeah, I guess not, man. Guess not. All right. Well, hey, we didn't, we didn't have any takers here. Uh, nobody's called uh, that link, guys. If you want to join us here on the show the last five or ten minutes, give us, click on this link and get in here with us. There, I'll just put it in the chat room again. Click on that link and join us. Want to want to see what your picture looks like here. Yeah. Now, now, Glenn and I both have faces for radio, so I don't know. Maybe... Maybe we'll find somebody on here that 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 would look great, and you know, it might improve the show. You know. Yeah, yeah. I've got face for radio and a voice for newspaper. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. It's been a pretty good night. Let's see. Was there anything else? Let's see. I had well, Bill was talking about uh, one of the Antarctica balloons is still up. Um, WB four ELK seven is still flying. Uh, and it's on uh, 10 meter whisper as WB4 VHF. Yeah. Uh, then he's talking about the Great Plains Super Lunch Balloon Conference is next Friday and Saturday in Huntsville, Alabama. Link for that is at superlaunch.org. And then Saturday, June 17th, they're going to be launching seven or eight Latex balloons plus some Pico balloons. And uh, his suggestion for the camera would be to use slow scan. Now I know, but guess yeah. what? You got to be here. You got to know when it's coming over. You got to have oh, yeah. antennas. Plus, you got. I mean, you know, you got the equipment. Sure, if Bill yeah. could pull out, if Bill can pull out all of his old equipment, and set it up, man, he could be our our station. Oh then. man, back in the day, we would have killed yeah. to have one of those robot slow scan TV monitors. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was really wanting to get into slow scan at, at some point and just never did. Yeah. One of these trackers I was looking at, uh, I think it was, it, it weighed in at around 19 grams, but it also had a, you know, plastic case on it and a big mm -hmm. magnet on the back. Exactly. You know, stick, it, stick it on your car. So feel like if I can take it out of the plastic and get the magnet off of it, uh, then it probably can come down quite a bit in weight. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it was advertised as true international connectivity, you know, not just U.S., Canada, Mexico. It said it worked in all countries. And uh, uh, I watched a video on it. And it, even sh it showed it communicating through the satellite. Now, I don't know why why it showed that. That's not... Uh, that's not for LTE, but you know a lot of these a lot of these GPS tracking things do communicate with satellite. I've I was just going to say, team. you know, what you ought to do is use the Wi-Fi and the ESP32 or whatever, and connect to one of Elon Musk's satellites and use that to get internet and send us the pictures. Well, I guess so. Maybe I'll I'll send a note to uh, Elon. Yeah, send a note uh, to Elon after, and have him I'll set send it a up note for us after after this and. Uh, yeah. So he thinks about it. Now, and, now uh, Bill has said that he has actually had a tracker sending a slow scan test pattern. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Well, but hey, you know what slow scan looks like, right? Mm -hmm. I want high def picture. Okay. I don't want to, Bill, I don't want slow scan. I, I know what that is. That's a bad quality. I want a high def picture. That's the reason I'm going to take high def pictures and I'm going to cut it loose and drop it. All right. All right. If the Chinese can fly one over the U.S., we should be able to fly one over the U.S., right? All right. So, um, um, so hey, I've got a spot me tracker that I bought. It's a subscription service, and it does communicate through the satellite. And, you know, you, you can track it, you know, on a website, but it's too big and heavy to put on this thing. Yeah. Now, when you start doing this camera stuff, you know, and yeah. dropping it, just be sure you don't use my call sign on that balloon. Oh, we're, oh, we're going to have that engraved no. on there, man. No, no, no. We're going to use bills. Oh, well, we use bills. Yeah. We use such call. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeff is texting Elon for us now. So we'll have an answer probably by the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah, Bill's talking about the dog collar type uh, tracker. That, that's similar to what I'm talking about here. Uh, and, um, you know, hey, you know, even if it didn't work up high, if it didn't work high, at least uh, when it got down below 20,000 feet, it would start working. And hopefully uh, if it's a dog tracker, it ought to work when some kids pick this thing up and take it home. Uh, you know, it ought to be able to tell us what house it's in. And uh, my reading, my the reading on this said it would it would go through walls inside the house, outside, you know. So it looked like a pretty good deal. And uh, you know, I'd pay twenty dollars a month uh, for tracking because, uh, I mean, heck, it ought to pass the U.S. the first month, you know. So With our luck, it would be in the southern hemisphere and yeah, never well, come back it, north. It might. It might. Now yeah, Bill I've is got, saying the Find Me Spot uses the global. Global yeah. Star Satellite well, I've got, Network. I've got to find me spot. In fact, I bought that and put it on our 108,000 foot balloon that we flew, uh, and it really helped out a lot to find it. Uh, but uh, it's big. It's pretty heavy, actually. Um, and it, it's 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 similar. It's a subscription service. I think it's like 
I don't remember what it was, 20 bucks a month or something, or maybe less, 10 bucks a month. I don't know what it was. Oh, okay. So, you know, I figure, hey, if we can get an uh, LT tracker, you know, to talk on the ground, it, uh, it'll help us find it. And when we did the, uh, the, the uh, high altitude balloon, when we did the 108,000 foot, we had, uh, we had not only the, the ham tracker on there, but we also had the find me spot on there. And uh, the find me spot, you know, I used it more uh, as, as it landed. It landed like 100 yards behind us in somebody's backyard. And we uh, actually looked at it on the map and we said, hey, it's in that backyard, two houses down. And we, we drove down there and uh, there it was hanging in a tree, you know, in, in the backyard there. So the only thing about the uh, the find me spot, it says it it probably it's not guaranteed to work if it's upside down. So if it falls upside down, you may not get a, you know, a spot out of it. So but uh, we took the chance anyway. It worked OK. Uh, I was pretty sure it'd be right side up, at least all the way down to it hit the trees. And that would have been a good enough you know, uh, latitude, longitude location to, to find it. Well, now let me oh, ask you this. Let's see who joined us. Let's see who joined us there. Tippy joined us. All right. Hello, Tippy. How are you? Hello, Tippy. Yeah, you're muted, Trippy. Going to have to unmute. Let's see. Maybe I can unmute him. All right, there Tippy, I unmuted you. Are you there, Tippy? Hello, Tippy. That's a cool name. What was it? Tippy Trippy. Trippy. Tippy Canoe and Tyler Two. What was it? Yeah, what was no. Playing? What, no, tip, yeah that was Tippy Canoe and Tyler Two yeah, back for the elections canoe. way back yeah, who, when. What who was that? Um that was way back, man. That's that was your time. That wasn't mine. No, that was before my time. All right. Uh uh, uh Trippy, you there? We're not hearing Trippy. Yeah, hip he may have issues getting his mic going. But uh, yeah. whatever came of your moon bounce operations, mine. Well, yeah, weren't we, you going to try to do moon well, we've bounce? We've never at some done point? it. We've never, never done it yet. Uh, I got to find the time to do it, man. I mean, you know, being retired and you know putting down 110 bags of mulch and you know having a show every week and you know I just don't have the time, man. You know. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, Clifton but is yeah, saying I'd that like uh, yeah. Trippy writes a blog for DX Engineering. Yeah. Come on in here, Tippy. Oh, we're listening. I don't hear Tippy. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd like to do the moon bounce. Um, everything. Well, I have to run it on a computer because that set box, I don't think, does moon bounce. But... Uh, Oh, surely, surely you can have it look up at the moon and do the tracking on the moon. Oh, I mean, it do that, but it, it won't run the, uh, what is it, FT9 or what or what do you call it? What, what, no, 65, the JT65. JT65, yeah. I don't, I don't think it would do that. Well, uh, no, you'd use it no. for positioning, and since there wouldn't be much of a Doppler shift, you won't need really rig control. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Because there won't be much Doppler shift at all. 
you know, so use it to point the antennas and then fire up your JT65 rig. And if, if the uh, if the moon is not in the set, I think I, I can call the people. I think they can put it in the yeah. Uh, it, the oh, most most yeah. of those yeah. trackers have the moon and other yeah. planetary yeah. objects and stuff in them. Well, we'll try that one day. Um, That's something I've always wanted to play yeah. with. We'll try that. Of course, right now, right now, I've got a lot of green vegetation behind my house that I'd have to aim through. And the best way for EME is the, the moon, your best connection is with the moon down at the horizon. You'd think really? if it was up high where you're looking straight at it, it'd be better. But somehow my studying says something about the Earth helps that signal travel and it kind of speeds mm -hmm. it up or something. And uh, your best connection is when the moon is right at the horizon. That's interesting because you're actually going yeah. through more atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll try to look into that. That's something we can do here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Trippy. Uh, I guess you're not gonna be able to make it here. We'll do it again another night. It's time to shut the show down. Now we're at 9:41 here. Want to thank everybody. Everybody out there for joining us tonight. This is the Amateur Radio Roundtable, a show about ham radio. Shortly, we're glad you're with us. Join us next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern on W5KUB.com. Uh, or you can listen on shortwave again on Thursday afternoon, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on 7490. Join our Facebook group. It's called W5KUB, and uh, hit that hit that subscribe button. Again, that subscribe button is right here, right right there, right somewhere right in there, if I can get it. Right in there. Hit the subscribe button. 73, everybody. Thanks, baby. We had a good time tonight. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>